and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim, and I'm one of your hosts. I'll be joined by Clay and Brandon. Brandon will be showing up, though, when we get to that. And I need somebody to fill in a little bit to Brandon what Heroes Reborn is at least stating and trying to be. He, he seems a little disconnected from that fact. You'll hear later uh, when we do talk about it by the end i think that he got his head wrapped all around it still doesn't like it as much as he did the first issue but that's not for now that's for later which is one of the worst candies ever now and laters are like the worst i don't want them now i don't want them later i i don't want them at all it is basically my commercial for the now and laters i hate them that now and laters are like the cousins of good and plenty which are also awful good and plenty now or later take them all Take them, take them somewhere else. Take them away from me. I don't like them. Uh, yeah, and with that, how about you just go over to the Twitters at the WS Marvel Comics and follow us, and we'll follow you back, and you can tell me, but Jim, I like, you know, now and laters, and I'll say, get out of here. It's Laffy Taffy or nothing in my house, and that's how I rule the roost. So there, take that, people. Take it. I'm, I'm trying to get a sound of take that. You can also go to our website, Weird Science, uh, MarvelComics.com, where you can get reviews, news, previews, all that. And maybe, maybe I'll write an article about Good and Plenty, right? Good and Plenty, they, they are the worst, right? They're, I mean, first off, there are things that come and go in, in this thing we call life and this planet Earth we live on. Uh, one of the things that should be just taken, stricken from the record, it is black licorice. Uh, that is like a flavor, like there, there must be flavors for a time and a time for a flavor that's not now black licorice get out i know somebody's like but i like sambuca that's because you're a drunk stop it stop it now you, you know what i'm saying there cardi b she knows what i'm saying also go to our patreon account patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us for all this nonsense also you know all the feed Things we have here, the feed things, the podcast that we have on this feed, but also get a bunch of other things, including one of the big things each week is a weekly spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop. And this week on the poll, if you're in the Patreon, you get to select what comics that you want for that week on a poll. And then the top two get the spotlight. I'm trying to explain things here. And this week, instead of picking... Heroes Reborn 2, which they ended up picking one last week. They picked Heroes Reborn Peter Parker, The Amazing Shutterbug, number one. All right. And Heroes Reborn Hyperion and the Imperial Guard, number one, a snooze fest. So I, I'd like to thank the Patreons there. Thanks a lot, badasses. Thanks a lot. But we're here to talk a bunch of things, including a giant-sized King Ransom Amazing Spider-Man and Black Cat that I talked with Clay about both of those. And then me and Brandon talk a little Heroes Reborn and Spider-Man Spider-Shadow, the Chip Zdarsky What If book that we have been really enjoying. So we're going to get to that right now, starting with me and Clay. 
and enjoy. All right, and I'm here with Clay. How are you doing, Clay? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. And we're going to be talking a little Spider-Man as we usually do, this one being a, a giant-sized issue. But be also with that, I was going to say before that, but we're going to talk about that first. After that, we're going to talk about Black Cat as well. But we're going to jump right into the Amazing Spider-Man, giant-sized Amazing Spider-Man, King's Ransom, number one. And we've talked about Nick Spencer and what he does and how he does things. And he does a lot of times have some issues that are just like, okay, I have all these things that are around. I got to tie up some loose ends. And boom, you get that. That's what this is. There's a lot of loose ends that are tied up in this issue. Also setting up some things and whatnot. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I saw a lot of people online not digging it at all. Uh, We'll see what you think uh, versus me. But one of the things that goes into my score, not into my score, but into my thoughts of the idea is we start to narrow things down. We get to kindred then. You you know what I mean? Like, that's what we want. We still want to get to Harry. We still want to get to what he's going on about. If it's one more day, all that sort of thing. So this does clear the plate on a couple things at least sets up some things going on with that as well but i spoiler alert we're happy to announce that boomerang lives i, I thought yes. he was gonna die i mean that was the big thing i thought he was dead <laughs> we i even i even messaged you uh when we were about to start reading the books and i was just like all right is there any are we setting any bets do you do you think he's gonna live do you think he's gonna die things like that you said that you would assume that he lives but he turns bad um, I didn't know um, just because, you know, we were kind of in that whole point of saying like, hey, he, Nick Spencer has been putting us in a situation where like we're getting way too much of these like feels moments with him. And that usually means something bad is going to happen to that character. Yeah, it so does. it it could have gone either way. And I think that it would have still been OK in my mind. Yeah, and and with it too, you're really pushing the idea. Now, when you start this issue off even, you're going to push two things with Peter Big in this is the idea that he hasn't really been friendly with his friends. He's had a lot of friends, including superheroes that he calls in, that they're like, yeah, you don't talk to us anymore. Hey, I'm busy. Well, we're all busy. I mean, really, and, and in a funny way. But the also this whole thing with Boomerang had turned into, I don't want people around me getting hurt. And Peter's saying, well... I know what you mean. I mean, this has happened, but that usually means somebody's dying with Peter. And I really thought that was going to be the end around deal of Boomerang. Hey, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but he's the one who ends up getting hurt because of being around Spider-Man. Uh, but by the end, he does seem hurt himself. It's a shame, but it, it does look like if Nick Spencer doesn't do anything with this, that he Boomerang's bad again. Boomerang is just going to be looking and you'll say, oh my God, and they'll probably reference it at points down the line, but when are we going to see that much boomerang anyway? That's why I liked it so much because he was giving us that focus on a character that he ended up showing a little more and was fun. So fun. Just even when you go through the greatest hits montage of some of the things that went on when you have boomerang, write Peter a letter, write Spider-Man the letter. Uh, I actually giggled even then. And it wasn't even like showing you all the fun stuff, but I just like, oh man, when he ended up showing up as the roommate and was walking around in Peter's underwear was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen. It was so good. And uh, yeah, that's a shame. But we also, though, with this, we end the Lifeline tablet deal. We find out that Fisk kind of was duping us a bit, or at least he wasn't saying exactly what he wanted to do with it. 
Uh, and yeah, we end up, to me, clearing the plate a little so that we can go off to, you know, have Spidey and Norman figure out stuff with Harry, though I know that some of the upcoming arcs and things don't necessarily point that out to be that, but it seems, I think that we're, I'm still going with the idea that issue number 75 is going to be either the huge start of the whole Harry stuff or the end of it somehow, but we'll get to there eventually. Uh, This is written by Nick Spencer, uh, Roger Antonio with Carlos Gomez and Z Carlos on art. And I saw some people saying that the art threw them off because there's three artists on it. I, I didn't really get thrown off at all. I thought that the art no, was I, pretty good throughout. I, I thought it was very uh, organic how they flowed together. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. So I, I didn't mind that. Colors by Alex Sinclair. Letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. And it says, Fist is desperate. He's turned to the super criminals in New York City to help him get Boomerang and all the tablet pieces. Seeing this Boomerang surprised everyone and himself and went after Fist solo to spare Spider-Man. Spidey doesn't really roll like that, but luckily he doesn't have to face it alone. He has a new suit courtesy of gossip, sight threats, and menaces that amps up his powers and gives people a first-person Spider, Spider-Man POV and also puts TNM chief J. Jonah Jameson in Spider's ear. Spider-Man's ear. Barking orders. I'm having problems. Can wait, that doesn't sound helpful at all. Peter figured that out and finally made a good choice and called in some real help. So yeah, we, we had at the end of last issue, you had you know, Jessica Drew, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Boom, uh, Hawkeye, Luke Cage, and Wolverine show up, and, and there they are. And we said, I, I like when you are reminded that Spider-Man, people respect them. I mean, respect them as a good guy. That plays out later because of how you have to get that last piece of the Lifeline tablet. He it, Like, bad things happen around them. It's true, and they keep pushing that. People get hurt around them, but there's rarely been a time when Spider-Man has really been the bad guy and he is loved and respected by all the other heroes. So they are going to come, even though they're pissed at him because he doesn't answer their emails. He doesn't end up talking to them unless he needs some help like this. And it's funny because they end up, you know, calling him out on it and he tries to get away from it. But there are some funny things about like, you don't even come to the reunion, the defenders reunion. Oh, I didn't know anything about that. It's like, well, it was in the email. <laughs> it was in the email. Like, that was and the thing. I, I thought this was also funny because, I mean, we see several writers kind of poke fun at themselves. And I think this is just like an in-story saying like, hey, I know that I don't write Spider-Man in a lot of the, yeah, in the greater Marvel universe. You know, it's my own little story. And, and I feel like that is kind of just touching up on this. And I do I do like like the dialogue that Wolverine's like, oh man, this is like a new Avengers uh, reunion. He's like, oh, well, maybe it's Defenders. It's like, oh, I wasn't a part of that. Oh, wait, maybe I was. Hold that's on. a funny thing because <laughs> of that. And that's just poking fun in general that everybody's been in everything. It made me laugh. It did make me laugh. Now, Nick Spencer in this does end up in a funny deal where I'm like, he he's actually in this, and we've talked about it, where yeah, the, these crime bosses and all the people that Fisk has pretty much said, hey, everybody, you get the Lifeline Tablet, you get Boomerang, really. If you get Boomerang, you get the get-out-of-jail-free card, whatever. But a lot of them, like Owsley and stuff, didn't make sense from what we saw in Daredevil. Uh, you know, what is like... But again, it doesn't bother me as much because this book is more of the... 
you know, it's more comic booky in that way than, say, Chip Zdarsky's trying to do that street level gritty daredevil. But it still gets. But by the end, you even have another thing that might go. But it is Nick Spencer doesn't like to play around with things. He doesn't like to go. I wish that they would have said to him, like, hey, you know, we just had a symbiote attack from the King in Black. Where were you? And then Spidey could say. Well, I was there because he was, but not with Nick Spencer. And then they could have even said, like, well, you didn't seem (laughs) quite like yourself then because, yeah, he didn't get involved. It was just other people getting involved and and some Spidey tie-ins. But, yeah, you end up where all of these bad guys, all these criminals, all these gangsters that Fisk had hired are at the point where they are going to get to Boomerang. Spider-Man going around with Gog, it did lead him right back to the beginning. He says it's where the first piece was, down in the sewers where they found Gog. And all the bad guys, they're there too. They're at this manhole. And in in a funny deal, and I think Nick Spencer was having a lot of fun with this issue, it seems. They're gathered around and they realize, you know, Mr. Negative realizes, especially, we're being duped. What Fisk is doing, it's not the lifeline tablet. It's not Boomerang. It seems he wants us all just to kill each other. He's thinning the herd so that he doesn't have problems with us. How about we do the opposite? How about we join up and then we'll split everything? Let's go after this. Let's go after all these. And they end up, hey, I'm not going to do anything without my lawyer present. And they call their lawyers. lawyers. (laughs) I mean, the amount of time this is taking actually makes me laugh because. It's not as if Nick Spencer even is saying like, oh, I'm not even going to mention the timing or whatever. It even when they go back to Fisk, he's hearing that these people are gathered around. There's lawyers. There are all these things. And you have the spidey narration. It's like, oh, my God, they went and got their lawyers like these criminals. But they end up where the whole team and you end up having Luke like, hey, let's get going. No, no, not until Luke yells it. And you get the Avengers assembled deal. In a pretty cool panel. I wish that was like a full page, like really detailed deal there when they do jump down. I also wish that in that panel there was Spider-Man because he is not seemingly in that one. But they end up going down and beating the crap out of people left and right. Alice, getting punched in the face. You know, you have all these cool villains going and Mr. Negative's minions, all these things going on. It's cool, right? You're fighting. Doesn't mean that much. Um, But... What you then get is Spidey then being told, hey, go and do your thing. Like, go save. And it's funny, too, because we didn't even mention the idea of why are we here, Spidey, to save Boomerang? Really, I hate that guy. Everybody says that every time Boomerang. And Spider-Man says, you know, he's reformed. He's gotten better. He's good. And that's where I like this. I like this deal of they believe him because, you know, they're going to help because it's Spider-Man. If this was me or you, Boomerang's not getting help. You know, they're not going to help us do it. But it's Spider-Man. And at one point, they even joke about, like, all the different times he wasn't himself. Like, how do we know it's you? You were symbiote at one point. You were this. You were you craven dressed up. And I, I thought that that was funny. You end up where Spidey goes down to the sewers, and we see that Jay Jonah's taken things to another level, where now he has in-theater live streaming of all of this going on. And the idea that you have drones that you can control from home. To this go was off a and bad fight. idea from the oh very start. Oh my god! I don't so know bad. Why? <laughs> what was Jonah thinking? So he he of course it's all for the fact that he is wanting to show up the uh, the Daily Bugle. Like that is that is one hundred percent the reasoning because he has his live audience. He's showing them the numbers. He's showing him how he has been the top trending thing for the past few months or whatever. And then he's like, and now we are debuting 
the pro spider slayers and it's basically a video game for everybody else but it's actual drones that can go out and fight crime and i'm like these people are professionals that's why they are fighting crime you're gonna actually just give children these controllers and just like the one kid looks like a five-year-old right in front probably yelling obscenities out the wazoo and probably just offending everyone like they do uh the funny thing is that I think that Jay Jonah doesn't realize, like, he could go with the generation gap of, well, if they do this, they'll be responsible. They end up, there's, they're non-lethal. So it's almost just a pay to get involved. The problem is, though, they are wrecking house. They are destroying buildings. They're everything. And then they turn on themselves. <laughs> they, start, they start destroying themselves. And Jay Jonah's watching going, nah, nah, with his collar because things aren't going well. And Spider-Man, in the meantime, is down below in the sewers and does end up finding Boomerang. Ends up seeing him. But, yeah, this I, I guess it's just to cause just massive mayhem up above so nobody else can kind of slip through at this point. But you end up where Spider-Man gets to, to Boomerang. And they are going to get to, you know, this this tablet piece. And he's like, okay, the tablet piece here. But then all of a sudden, you end up having the Boomerang Revenge Squad show up. Before and, they showed up, I yeah. I legitimately thought Peter was going to reveal his identity. Yeah, it looked like he was going to take off his, his mask. It, it, when he went sigh, it did look like he was going to take it off, right? Yeah, because Boomerang said, he, "I don't want to yeah, hurt other people." You don't was, know what it's like. It it was like he was, you know, relating to him. He's like, "I totally understand where you're coming from," and it went on to you know the very tropey thing of like, "Hey, I'm Spider Man. I got through a lot." And if it wasn't for Shocker saying something, I thought he was going to take off his mask. And maybe he, because it's being recorded, may, but that sigh almost felt like he wanted to do it. And he, he didn't because then Shocker comes and he gets the spider sense. And now you get the revenge squad going and it's it's a, another dupe. I mean, they end up fighting. They're going down. It looks like you have Boomerang fighting against his old pals, all that deal where Spider-Man and him are fighting. And they do take care of them. Uh, and then they go off to get this piece. And the big thing was, well, what's this one piece going to do? What, how's that going to help? Well, we see that Black Cat ended up grabbing. Fisk's piece out of their You know truck that they had And whatnot. so she ends up stealing it For Boomerang Boomerang says Well we dated before Felicia's like no 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 we didn't And go off I don't even want to know But they find this last piece And Spidey crawls up and gets it There is a test at the end Only somebody it's almost like You know in the whole Indiana Jones Last Crusade you, you end up having to prove yourself here Has to be someone pure at heart Somebody that is good down to the, the bone Well that's Spider-Man And he says like Boomerang says I'll do it Well you know he's going to die Even Spider-Man says Did you steal anything today Like well what time I mean yeah kind of <laughs> And he's like you sit this one out And to do that he ends up webbing him up And, and making him so he can't do anything Again, by the end, we're going to find out this is all a dupe. It's all, and it's a shame because it's kind of heartbreaking with all of this going on. And Peter, as he's trying to think of, am I pure at heart? You know, I've done a lot of things. I've messed up. A lot of people have gotten hurt. All that stuff going on to do this. But he ends up having to, you know, go for this test and to end up or Boomerang would have died. Now, with that, 
he seemingly disconnects everything from the threats and menaces. And when he does that, he hits a button and the new suit just kind of dissipates off. It just kind of blips off and he's got his regular suit underneath. And it's weird because before we were told that he could program it to any suit. It was making that whole video game skins type of deal where he's like, let's go classic here. Boom. But if that's what he's doing, it, it, it would still be broadcasting, though he's cutting that off, too. There's a lot of things. He's basically quitting threats and menaces. He's basically saying, I'm no longer involved with this. And it's kind of a lackluster way to end it. He's, he's really laying Jonah out on the line where Jonah says, this is it. This is the big finale for this. You'll be able to prove to people how good you are. And even says, you know, all that stuff in the newspapers, they used to say you were a menace. He's like, you used to say it, Joe. You were the one. But he says, this is the big deal to do. He presses the button. It turns off. They they end up getting like the test pattern. And now Jonah's really screwed. People are going to want their money back and booing him. Uh, but he does get the tablet. And it's just like, yep, you're good. This big ghost like guy that does look a lot like the librarian guy that ends up getting killed. For, for the tablet pieces and things earlier But he ends up saying you're good He gets the tablet piece And all of a sudden I think it was Speed Devil and Shocker Like fl- fly out at him Speed Demon And um, Boomerang's gone he, it's, it's been a dupe Boomerang comes in and Peter gets the crap kicked out of him And ends up at The last thing he sees before he passes out Is Boomerang with the life tablet piece Waving goodbye it seems And then goes off <laughs> And Felicia finds him. Felicia doubles back because she didn't hear from him. She doubles back. And you get a letter from Boomerang telling him all the things that he's done. It's been a dupe the whole time. Though we know that he became friends with Peter and Spider-Man. You know for a fact that he enjoyed being a hero. But this was a deal that he had made with Fisk. And he knew that that last piece was cursed because he was there when the curse was put on it. That you had to be pure of heart That you ended up having to be someone good He knew he couldn't get that last piece And to do that he figured Okay who's the best Superman uh, Or the best superhero Spider-Man let's go And all that was a dupe the whole time So we see that you know Boomerang had been using him uh, Now in the letter you get some funny little tidbits again Like Boomerang does throw in But there he is he's hanging out with his guys The whole gang everybody In the bar drinking and you do end up seeing where he is upset at the end. And it does a good job with the art without seeing his eyes because he's in the costume of, hey, man, you're back where you belong. He's like, right where I belong. And he's like upset that he had to pretty much do that to Spider-Man. But now that he likes him and likes Peter, I think that he's upset with it. But that seemingly pushes Boomerang back to being a villain, you know, especially because now Peter is going to be pissed about it. Um, but. I don't know. I think that he'll at one point want to at least go back and get Gog, right? Uh, you would think. Um, but you go from here because then it's just kind of tying up. But it's a big thing is also what Fisk was up to after he says goodbye to, yeah, you know, which, all the superheroes. I, I will say the the this moment here did confuse me a little bit because it kind of suggests that the Avengers already know what Kingpin is doing. Uh, you know, uh, the rest of the Avengers come inside Peter's apartment. He's like, hey, uh, you guys do know that I still have a secret identity, right? You can't just waltz in here. And they're like, hey, don't worry. We're actually evicting, quote unquote, evicting the people in here that keep getting attacked by supervillains. And, you know, he's 
Peter's saying, hey, I know we lost. I'm sorry I put you in this. We didn't get the bad guy. But hey, is it really all that bad? Kingpin only wants to bring back his dead wife. And that's when Hawkeye says, oh, well, do you want to tell him? And that sounds like they know what Kingpin is doing, which wouldn't really make sense in the grand scheme of things. How would they know or why would they know that Kingpin, unless it's already like been broadcasted, hey, Kingpin's son back from the dead, you know? I, I, I don't know if that is something that it can't be. I mean, they do you want to tell him? And yeah, it's weird, right? Like it can't be the end of the world. It's weird. Uh, I'm get, like, here's the weird deal. Could this be tying in because you do have a backup then, which is part of the black cat deal. Do you think that they're talking about that? Do you think that they're talking about Manhattan is going into that vault and they're just not doing it very clearly? Because you do end afterwards, you end up having a little bit of the ending of that, you know, the Black Cat deal of Manhattan going. I think they mean that. I but it's would, not spelled out. I would, but Black Cat is literally in the room with them. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, so because, it still doesn't make yeah, sense. It if doesn't that's make the case. sense because I don't think that they would know anything about Fisk and what he's yeah. done. This wouldn't, because what we find out is Fisk wasn't taking back. Vanessa, this had nothing to do yeah. with his wife because at the one point Kindred told him she, she's not going to want you back. You know, she yeah. doesn't want that. What she would want is her son back. And and this is a big deal because he does end up thinking, okay, this is how maybe it's like the step I first bring back him and then maybe I can figure out how to bring her back later. Um, but ends up bringing back his son who is the Rose that you ended up having Vanessa kill back in Daredevil. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where she killed them to, to protect Fisk. They were coming to assassinate Fisk. So it's a weird deal of him coming back. Like, what is he going to come back as? Is he just going to pull out his gun again and start shooting? It's a, it's a weird deal. Um, but we'll see what that means. But, yeah, all this was to bring back his son, who, like we and said, is the Rose. I can understand. Like, there there is character development in that. Like, Kingpin is learning, like, hey – I don't want to disrespect the person that I truly love. So instead, I will try to probably make amends with myself. Yeah, I, I would know? figure out he's trying to make amends as the deal. The weird thing is, is that the, well, he is mayor of New York now. Maybe that'll get him because it was, you know, pretty much he was coming back to get him early because he was bad. And so yeah. maybe he'll come back and just be like, well, you know what? You did raise me from the dead. That's pretty cool. And, and get along with that. Or, I mean, Fisk has done some things on the up and up and on the level. He's tried that. He's just kingpin, though. But I want to see what that means. But in the meantime, this is what I said earlier, that you ended up having uh, Butch in the regular Daredevil deal that after you had Mike Murdoch in that crazy annual where you did end up having uh, Mike go and use the Norn Stones to change reality, it changed it so that kingpin had another son, Butch. It seems like an illegitimate son, not from Vanessa, but uh, are the could you get the little butting heads with that? But like I said, Nick Spencer doesn't like to play along, but maybe Chip Zdarsky will use that in his book because that'd be pretty interesting as well because that Butch seems to be like, oh, man, I was forgotten and left behind us because you weren't really real before. And uh, you're getting all that where he's pissed off and wants what his. Um, but, yeah, the ending is pretty crazy. It's what Nick Spencer does all the time. You have an ending just to start out. Okay, we, we knock three things off. Let's get two back in and, and all these things. 
But I went more about the the whole thing with Kindred. And again, you're right. It's weird because of Felicia being involved in that Manhattan stuff. And, and that it's weird. But yeah, uh, because that seems to be like the big thing. Like, hey, next issue. And then all out of nowhere, the comic in your hands isn't the only place to find Spidey and Black Cat. Together this week, boom, you have that there. And it's odd because I wouldn't think that they would know about Kingpin and the deal. But maybe, maybe I don't know. Because they weren't there. It, it wasn't it, like I, they showed up to take down Boomerang and stop. the. Th- they just came to Spidey called them, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I will say that that minor detail does put a damper on my score because of it. Uh, but it's it's surprisingly with Nick Spencer, it is very minute things that kind of get us to lower our score. It's nothing dramatic because um, we have been very sympathetic with this idea of like, hey, we're going to tease Kindred here. We're going to tease Kindred here. We say it all the time. But because he is still giving us those nuggets, we know that the story is still coming along. So it's easy to forgive those things. Yeah, and now now you have Fisk getting what he wants. And now is he just going to back away? Does he really care about Kindred? Because he was kind of torturing him still and all that stuff like he's pissed. But I think that this, you know, Norman's probably just going to grab Kindred and go off and hide him somewhere. I, I don't know how, but at least it looks like we can clear some space for that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Boomerang, that was a big deal. That's out. And it's seemingly, you know, threats and menaces might be done. So you do clear that stuff. I just want I want to get the Kindred still. That's the big deal. And now it's been, you know, over a year since we thought we were going to get to the end of it. We, we really thought we were going to end that deal. And now it's still hanging. But like you said, there's still those little nuggets that keep you going. Like you're, it's not just completely forgotten. It's there. In your in your face every issue, but then it pulls away, and hopefully we can get more more in depth with that. But yeah, the art didn't bother me as much as it seems other people. And I like the story, but you're right, that ending was weird, and some of the things do end abruptly, but they do end. Uh, so I'm gonna go nine out of ten. I'm gonna go pretty high uh, with it. Uh, what would you give it? I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9 as well. Um, I was thinking 8.5. but I was it, thinking 8.8, eight, but I went up to 9. It is It is still a very good issue. Uh, the art, I don't know what people are smoking. It is good. It is really, really good. Um, I love the splash page when the Avengers are kicking all the mob bosses uh, in the streets. Um, you know, just the, like you said, they're, they're, they're bringing things to a close. I'm sure this whole thing with Jonah for now is at a close because he will probably get repercussions for basically destroying a whole street, trying to fend off these, uh, these criminals and things like that. So that stuff. Okay. Like I'm, I'm done with that. We're moving forward. Uh, the Kingpin thing is basically over as far as, you know, going after these tablets, which also has been a very long time coming. So, I will give Nick Spencer that. So I think that the eight, five, even nine is still a pretty good grade for this. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And you said, yeah, some of the things, but I, I expect if you're going to end the boomerang stuff, this is better than I'm dying. And yes. it makes sense. And I do like that last little bit where he's like, yeah, I'm back where I belong. Like, Oh, it's a shame. I really like kind of the hero life a bit and, and whatnot. And I did like him on there, but it couldn't last forever. He's back. 
with his gang whatnot and probably be put away for a bit but i I expect him to pop up now and again like he'll come at some point he'll save spidey something will go wrong and, and he'll end up saving him out of nowhere and then they'll be like oh man you know i'm still thinking about you whatever and leave but yeah i i do like that i think that yeah i i would like Jay Jonah now with all this damage and now Spidey not being with the threats of menaces seemingly. Jay Jonah's gonna have to go crawl back to Robbie to try to get his old job back or something. And that that would be hilarious. And I think Robbie would give it to him, but he wouldn't let him live it down ever. But yeah, all that stuff going on, I, I still did like it. And I like the art. I like most of this, what we're getting. And it came in this, you know, giant size King's Ransom deal which I didn't even, you know, really know was coming out this week. And it was a nice surprise that we get a bunch of things. I thought that, oh, what's this going to be? And we're going to set up new things. We're not. No, no, this just goes right from where we left off. So I like that. I like that they end up getting rid of that. Seemingly, though, like we, we you could sit there. Why do they need this? Why couldn't this be the next two issues even? But it does seem like in my mind, I'm I'm kind of excited, like, Ooh, they have to get these things out of the way because we're going to some real big stuff. But we'll see. He likes to play around. Uh, but yeah, both of us, nine out of ten. And we're going to move on to the next book. And that book is Black Cat. Black Cat number six, The Gilded City, part two. It's kind of weird because usually you have like a five-issue trade. And now we have a second part as what might be the first. I, it's weird. I, I don't know how they're going to play this whole deal, though there were some tie-ins and things maybe they'll shove in. Uh, but it's written by Jed McKay, art by Michael Dowling, colors by Brian Reber, letters by Farron Delgado. I'll just go. As they opened the vaults, he revealed another more terrible secret, and this is Black Fox saying he had a long-kept secret that he was dying when he ends up duping everyone. His plan wasn't merely to rip off the Thieves Guild. Rather, it was to strike a deal with the Gilded Saint, the godlike entity that granted immortality to the Guild's inner circle in return for a portion of their take. Before Felicia could stop the fox, he made an offer to the saint asking for immortality for himself and Felicia in exchange for Manhattan. We thought it was legitimately goofy to have Manhattan (laughs) be the deal. Like, he's going to be like, look at me, I'm the king of Manhattan. I get it a little more now, only in the idea of Manhattan is now going to be put in that vault. And it's just like a trinket or a charm. Like, that makes more sense. To me, for a god, like, oh, I just want to have things. I collect things. I put them in the vault. Uh, It's still too much. And and my main problem with this book is, and I can't, you don't have a way to say, like, oh, all the Felicia Hardy Black Cat books have always been this, this, or this, because there hasn't been many, right? She's always the guest star, all that. But I like this as more of a grounded type deal heist. Yeah, you got kind of, mystical and things with the idea to get to the vault but in the end it was just to get something over on odessa and the thieves guild prove she's the greatest thief and go but i do like you know it's always a heist there that you're waiting for every one of these to have you son of a bitch i'm in when you end up revealing (laughs) the plan like you want to go with that whole rick and morty deal even when they make fun of it but when you got mystical and it, it, it was the problem when this book ended up going into the king and black stuff you know and, and all of a sudden felicia seemingly became almost a valkyrie at points and going on it, it, it's not what i was expecting or wanting from this book like we had in the first run coming into this like you ended up having this fault and it just it became too big and too all the and really just leading to 
weird things because in this, and the art looks great, and I'm telling you, the Gilded Saint still looks very impressive. I love the art with that. But with all of that going, this ends up making Felicia and Black Fox immortal. And she's pissed. Now, immortal, he legitimately looks exactly like Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. That's exactly, I mean, 100%. It's Val Kilmer yes. as Doc Holliday. There's no, right? That is there's, awesome. There's, it's nothing but that. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. I mean, that was when he was that. Uh, but the weird thing is it doesn't change Felicia at all because she's always, it's almost like when I said, when you go to heaven, you're your sexiest self, right? This is their sexiest selves. And he tries to play this off as the deal of, listen, I don't want to lose you. Yeah, I'm not going to die now, too. But I watched everybody die, including your father. It always breaks my heart, all these things. So please, it's so that you're immortal, too. Keep stressing that. There's not that big change in her, though, as there is. Well, does she understand what immortal means? Does she? Because she's like, apparently not. (laughs) No, I'm going to kill you. She said Manhattan for eternal life. Then then you die. What? She's like, if you die, the deal's off. But but he's immortal. This is the, what is this, the chicken or the egg? She ends up slicing his throat. I, I, I mean, I, I sat there. I'm like, if he dies, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read in my life. And so he's bleeding out. And void. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, that's that's immortal? Uh, oh, it didn't take yet. But he heals. It did not work because... He's immortal. Like, that's the thing. I'm healed. Oh, my God. The, this is the greatest. Why don't you get it? This is the gift I've given you. I'll never have to watch you die, so it helps me out. I feel great. I feel young. A bit, whatever. Uh, and then he ends up, as as you do, throwing down the smoke bomb and disappearing, like running off. Uh, the big thing, though, is that, you know, you, you end up having Bruno and Dr. Corpse upstairs still wondering, when is this thing going to open? When are we going to be rich? It's a shame that, you know, Black Fox didn't, because it seems like when they say the inner circle of the Thieves Guild, like there, he could have made them immortal as well. Uh, you know what I mean? Because of the idea, and I would have liked to have seen Dr. Corp's full head of hair going around like stuff, but she goes up and like, oh my God, we're in trouble. We were duped. She feels bad. So there are a lot of things that are be brought up in here that we said last issue that we were upset about. Felicia doesn't get duped like this, right? Well, she recognizes that herself and says, I should have seen this coming. I should have known. I'm sorry. But she is worried about her, quote unquote, her boys, Bruno and Dr. Corpse. But I have a big problem with that coming up because they're like, oh, my God, look what's happening. The, the Manhattan's going into this vault. It's being taken out of existence into the vault, which is causing a lot of problems. Even Black Fox says, get out of Manhattan. You got to leave. You know, or else you're going to be in big trouble, though. She is immortal. Like you have that sort of thing even with that. But get out and you go up and that's where, you know, she's going to feel responsible for this. Right. And Spider-Man shows up and, hey, Spidey, things have been going wrong. Uh, We need some people involved. And Spidey's like, "Uh, did you do this? And she says, no. Again, though, pointing out how good a guy Peter is. He's so good that he just trusts everybody. He thinks that because I think he knows that she's involved, though this is bigger than what she normally. You know what I mean? Like if you ended up having Reed Richards downtown and said, hey, Reed, did you do this? And he said, no, you'd be like, you're lying or Dr. Strange even. But 
he does go off to find greed. It is funny as he zips away. Yeah, and and she she even says like she she says it hurts for me to lie to him, and it hurts even more for him to believe me immediately. Yeah, without question, he doesn't. He's like, are you involved? No. Okay, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find Reed. He'll know what to do. Uh, it is funny though the whole idea of at the end of that uh, Spider-Man issue. Hey, you want more Spidey this week? Go see Black Cat for the three panel season. <laughs> He's in there for two seconds, but he goes off. This is my problem with this. <laughs> she says, "Hey, because uh, you have Bruno and Doctor Corpse. Hey, what's going on, Felicia? What's you know? We're gonna help you, boss. We're gonna do this. No." And she does the the whole deal of. Get out of here, you jerks. I don't need you. Like, she's trying to upset them enough that they walk off and she has a tear in her eye. I still love you guys. But the problem is she never once in this point says, get out of Manhattan. She just says, go away, you jerks. Why did they go to a bar? I mean, the place is falling apart, obviously. But it's more than just that. She should have said, hey, I'll explain later. Kind of go back to New Jersey, go back to our thing, even make up something they have to get. Like, hey, we need the spider buggy again. Go up and get it. Like something. But she ends up, as you have to point out, the New Jersey gal, you know, hey, I'm Bruce Springsteen. I'm the boss. Get out of here. And uh, that's old people music, like Luke Hollywood should say. But <laughs> he is the boss. But yeah, get out of here. Go on. The best is they ain't going to listen to that. And they don't. They, but this issue for how big it is, it goes way too quick. In the way of, okay, Manhattan's falling apart. Let's go off to Odessa and the Thieves Guild because I guess they're the only ones who'll be able to figure out what to do or to team up against now Black Fox, who ends up making this deal. And they go and you have a deal that's – if you if you didn't read that first volume of this, you haven't really seen much of Odessa at all. And we've had Correct. tie-ins to the King in Black and stuff like that. So I was surprised that you didn't get more – of an intro into this because she goes down. I think that there's a lot of people that would be like, I mean, right. Like, what is this? The hand? What is this? Some mystical ninja society? Like it's not even really well spelled out that what she's doing is going to the New York thieves guild. She just say, I need to find someone who knows as much about the gilded scene as the Fox does and goes off. And I think a lot of people would have joined in after the King and Black stuff and whatever. It's not spelled out very well. I, I thought, now for me, reading it and I read those others, okay, I understand what's going on. But even so, it's like really quick because Odessa, I would think she was immortal. They took that from her. And how Black Fox ends up feeling like, oh my God, I feel so great. Now, Odessa's about the same exact age as Felicia. She didn't show a reaction in age or whatever. But again, I would have thought that she would have known like, oh, my God, I can feel like somehow how he felt the immortality. She would feel it going away, like almost like, man, I haven't slept in three years now, like something like that or all that abuse. I was. But she's just like, hey, what's up? Hey, you know, Black Fox, he, he went, he stole from the vault. He took the immortality. Doesn't say that she did at first, but then brings it in. But they come face to face, pissed off, right? Even like the little jokes. Oh, you should have said, look what drug in the cat instead of the cat drug. That, and I'm like, that went a little too long. It went too long. And it's almost like you're rushing to get to something, but then you have to dilly dally while you're there. And I really wish that she would have at least in the deal, like, like we just had when, when we had Spider-Man in the last issue talking to the new Avengers slash defenders, uh, all the heroes there about boomerang. Hey, he's better now. 
he's reformed. And you got that page with the little flashbacks of stuff. Even when you ended up having later where boomerang the letter, you see flat, you know, it should have been that. You should have shown more of Odessa, all the things that they have gone through so that when they get to the point where they're just staring at each other in a staring contest, they start laughing with each other. Because I think that if I didn't know this, I would have thought that Felicia's doing one of those, like almost like a Deadpool laughing and not knowing what the hell she's laughing about. Like, I'm laughing here. Are you going to kill me still? But it's their good friends and, and their frenemies. And all like, it's not, it, it just didn't, it, you didn't read that first volume, right? No, I didn't. So didn't I was this confused. Hit you like, like a brick, I, right? Like, what's I, going on? I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know their relationship whatsoever. So it was very confusing how quickly they were just like, oh, I'm just going to start laughing everything <laughs> off now. I'm like, what yeah. in the world? Did I miss something? Where, like, is it printed wrong? What is going on? And and so with that, like, Felicia wanted to do this to get back. Like, what? What is it? She's not immortal. Right there is enough to piss you off, right? And it's just it's wacky. But keep going. I, I interrupted you. But. Well, I was just saying, you know, it, it gets to the point where, you know, they are laughing and she laughs it off. She's like, you know what? Just just let her go. We can talk this out. And in my mind, I thought the exact same thing. If this is the person that you just duped out of being immortal, you're going to be pissed. Like we we kind of said it before we started recording. Like, why is it that Fox was able to feel something in regards of becoming immortal? But. Now she is not able to feel anything yeah, in regards yeah. of not being immortal yeah. anymore. Like I said, if, in my mind, I'm immortal. I'm never going to sleep again. I'm eating like you just go to town, and then it all hits you. But it's just weird. And the, the whole idea is Felicia saying like, "Hey, nobody else would have dared to try to rob from you, would they?" And then they start giggling, ah, high five. We gotta let her loose. And then they bring in Bruno, and of course, because again, they probably would have been dead because she just said. Yeah, get out of town. And I, uh, actually, she should have. She just says, I'm the boss. Get out of here. And you end up where they're like, eh, you know, you weren't fooling us. Uh, we we know the deal. And it was the deal from the movie White Fang. That's the whole, get out of here, boy. I don't love you anymore. And so they knew that. Oh, man, you, you tried to dupe us. Oh, my God. And then even with the whole idea where we have a, a, a chip in your costume we did that with the paintings and stuff like that with the queen fox stuff that they and or queen cat that you had before so that makes enough sense um but they have to figure out what to do how are they going to end up you know saving this getting the vault whatnot well they end up that they are going to send felicia into the vault herself you know you're going to end up having odessa they're going to end up with a little bit of a uh you know mojo mystical spell to send her in the vault where she's just gonna probably try to plead with the gilded saint see what's going on i mean really the the gilded saint just needs something bigger now you know that's how he seems to roll he doesn't have any loyalty he ended up manhattan was bigger than what odessa and all them did but that's kind of just what you get to and but we were just at the vault to come out of the vault to see that manhattan's being sucked in to go to odessa to go back to the vault and I'm just not digging this story that much anymore. It, it since the King and Black stuff, it, it seems like they're trying to be too big in this. And, and it, I can already smell that the ending of this book is going to be, "Hey, if I can, if you can return Manhattan, I'll return my immortality." Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she Black will Fox only be immortal and, for maybe 
a issue and a half. Yeah, yeah, because she, it's kind of a game changer for the character uh, of Black Cat with all this stuff going on. And again, it's like it's even taking away of her luck deal and and how she always is. And I don't know, it's just it's not hitting with me as much. That first volume, I was really loving, and it. it's just it, it's bigger but not as fun. It, it's not getting like things are just rushed along instead of you know being able to take the time and and a cosmic story like this you have to kind of you can't have a story that's going to be a slow burn while manhattan's being pulled into a vault you have to get to it you have to do some big things i like the idea of her and again the son of a bitch i'm in the idea that she was going through to get to that vault they went through 11 issues of each one, like, oh, let's see the next piece. Oh, these don't add up together. Then they start adding up together. Then you start realizing what the plan is. Oh, my God, this is a smart heist. All these things going on. And now we're just going cosmic and gods. And, and it's to me, it's too big for Felicia. Uh, yeah. The art's okay. There is different art on this than usual, I believe, because it did look a little different, especially it's weird. Bruno is the one that really uh, ended up looking very different to me looks like the blob i he used to he's a big dude but i mean all of a sudden i'm like you gotta work out a little more bruno but uh yeah i felt like when they were outside that's when the art changed the most um kind of jarring uh on some of these panels where you see felicia especially when she's telling them like no i'm the it looks like video game graphics she's like i'm the boss or whatever uh i i enjoyed this book like i i but I enjoyed it because of the character of Black Cat, not necessarily for the story that's being pushed forward. So, like, it it, it does hamper my score. Like, I, I told you, I am probably going to be a little low on this. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay, I'm at a 7 still. I still like it. But I, I'm with you. I think I just like it because I like the series. And I, and I wanted to do well. And I like Felicia. But things just are going too quick, too big. And I'm going to go down to a 6.5 actually with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I am because thinking about it, like I can't just say, well, I like this series because I've been saying this now for all these issues. Comes back with King and Black and that was too big. And then we go back to this and like Manhattan with a God. Not, it's, just, it's just not, it doesn't have the spark that, that it had in that first volume for me, which is a shame. Because like you, a lot of people did jump on them. Hey, I was I was reading the King and Black stuff. I might as well keep going. And it's just not the same. It really isn't. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go 6-5 with you. But that is that. As we do to end, tell everybody where they can find you personally. Yeah, so you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter. Uh, if you go to my bio, you'll see a link tree where you can find the link to all of my shows. Uh, including the DC Alliance, the Batman News Weekly podcast, the Comic Book Legion podcast, uh, this podcast, as well as the Weird Science DC podcast, and also the Ranger Alliance podcast. Uh, six shows I am co-hosting, and I am a, a guest host on a podcast called World's Finest True Believers, uh, where we do uh, creator spotlights. Uh, Jim was actually on uh, the latest episode, of of that talking not about a creator though yeah I not a creator i create misery <laughs> that's what i create that's what i do ah uh, yes but yeah we were talking about paybacks by donny cates which i love yeah, uh you actually uh introduced me to that book so it, it was actually really really fun to read uh go check the, out that episode and that network they're really great people 
Um, we are going to be doing a one year anniversary next month. Uh, we're going to do a live stream and stuff like that. So we, I will remind everybody when we get closer to it. But they asked, um, they asked me if I'm going to be involved, and I said I'm going to try. <laughs> I will try. I don't know what the, I'll be doing last, that night, but hey, the no. last event that I was a part of with them is they raised some money for mm-hmm. uh, for a children's hospital, and it ended up costing me my whole head of hair. I shaved yeah, my head. Yeah, yeah, you so, did shave your head. I forgot about that. That is cool. so. So we'll see what happens with this one. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And thank you for joining me here. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back with Brandon. Uh, he seemingly is. Fixed his internet. We'll see. But we're going to be talking big book heroes and our heroes in crisis, heroes reborn, heroes in crisis. What am I doing? I'm the flashbacks. <laughs> uh, but yes, heroes reborn number two. Well, it's eight o'clock off there in Buffalo. Brandon's been drinking all day and I gotta get him for the show. Oh no. Well, I can't get a hold of him. Oh, that ain't right. He must be passed out drunk, so that means no Brandon tonight. Brandon's lame. Have you heard? Brandon's lame. His family's ashamed. All right, and Brandon is here. It seems as if the internet is holding up just for now, right? It's good to go. Our problem today is if Braxton stays asleep more than the internet. Yes, we need to uh, get to that. So we're we're hitting into this, and I mentioned as we go into this that we were talking Heroes Reborn number two. Number one was on the Patreon. And me and you could not hook up to go into that. So I ended up having you read one and two. And of course, you liked one more than two, the one we're talking about tonight. Yeah. yeah. And um, the whole deal For with sure. this, it's very obvious that, you know, the Squadron Supreme, the take on the Justice League at Marvel, that's where Jason Aaron is leaning heavy on with the idea that without the Avengers, the Squadron Supreme takes over. And then we have mashups and things, more mashups in the first issue to go into this one which makes it weird because that seemed to be what it was pushing towards this is a hyperion heavy marvel week yeah yeah and and with that there are a couple of these one shots one being a hyperion one that i was gonna talk to you and those are on the patreon i was gonna and you ended up not even being able to get through that hyperion issue and i barely could get through it as well it was it was pretty boring I, and I, I don't understand. I went to Comic Book Roundup to look at the scores, and I I think everybody's on drugs on that website. No, everybody wants to be on the good side of Marvel. And <laughs> this is the thing. Like right now, I'm we're going to be talking about the second issue here, and it, it's one of those things where it it I don't know. It doesn't feel like an event yet. Uh, it feels kind Still of neat different for enough. the first one, but it does. Yeah, and and with it. This one, I think that you have Jason Aaron. He's real, real into giving you the wink, winks. Hey, look, Hyperion's like Superman. Wink, wink. Here he is. And I want a story. And the story barely I, yeah, progresses I, I wish here. Jason Aaron would use, you know, Hyperion and crew in his Avengers book that he's, you know, kind of teased and, and thrown out there instead of just 
kind of using the same character in this Elseworlds type Heroes Unborn tale. It's just like, I, when I saw Jason Aaron was writing this, I I lost a little bit of interest. You know, thank God the first one was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the I first was, one enough. I was a little disinterested because his name is attached to it. This does seem to be coming out what we saw earlier in the Avengers deal where you had Coulson come back from the dead and Mephisto was hanging with him. Me and you, it drove us nuts even then with the idea where we're like, ooh, what happened? What happened? And then remember he had that big speech and went backstage. Mephisto was there. We're like, here we go. That was where at the one point Mephisto was in seven issues each and every week. This is all has to be from that. And and the idea I think that's going with is that Hyperion and it's hard to wrap around some of these concepts because I think this is all done by Coulson, who's now president. And if it is Mephisto, Mephisto, whatever. But I don't think, you know, Darkhawk says in the first issue that he kind of thinks, you know, Blade looks in his eyes and, and he knows that he has looked in. I don't think that they're on the dupe, though. I think they just end up being the end result of no Avengers, Coulson loving the whole Squadron Supreme as America first and all that stuff. And so they're there. And because Hyperion through this doesn't seem necessarily like, okay, I don't want anybody to find out whatever. He even goes to look for Captain America, Steve Rogers, not knowing where he was when they, you know, have him in the ice. And I think that they're duped as much as we are. And it's going to end up by the end of, you know, what is better? Why are you doing this? And all that stuff going on. I, I just have the problem where, I thought that the first issue had some intrigue and fun. And this issue just steps back and says, okay, let's go through Hyperion uh, Hyperion issue. In the same week, we have a Hyperion one-shot that's a prequel that's just going to be able to show you, oh, that's how, you know, Gladiator became a brute. Like, the, it, these it things. It follows entirely the uh, modern-day comic formula of you can't have two exciting issues in a row. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> feels like, so yeah, it, I'm sitting here, I'm like, is this fun i i don't yeah, think no. it is anymore after, it really almost lost my interest entirely in the whole thing like i read one i'm like all right i'm on board i read two i'm like uh, all right i'm a little less on board and then i read that hyperion thing and i'm like oh, yeah, yeah i don't know and i haven't read I'm, the, the two uh the peter parker shutterbug deal is on the patreon as well i haven't read that yet for the patreon deal um but people seem to like that but like you said you go over to the roundup and see what people are saying about all these issues. And I don't know what they are reading, especially with that Heroes Reborn out. Now, I will end up going and pulling the curtain back a little. The Hyperion and the Imperial Guard number one issue, that one shot in, that was given to everybody. And they were allowed to put out early reviews on Monday, two days early. And that usually is where they end up. Elevating the scores because they're more exposed. And I really early think that access. people. I think people run scared then, and like, well, if I if I got early access and I say that it's a three out of ten, then they'll know and I'll get in trouble. So I I think that it does elevate things because I don't see what's going on. I with think that. they knew I, what I they were it. doing there. Yeah, I, I see our man Brett. <laughs> He's right on top of that deal, and I, I don't know what yeah. he was reading because I I was bored. But then we're not here to talk about that. I wasn't bored in this. Bored issue. is an understatement. Yeah, I'm yeah. You. I, this issue though, I wasn't bored. I just ended up like, come on, let's get going, let's get moving. Um, because you end up having this deal with this new world order, this new thing where Blade seemingly was the only one who realized. It seems Hulk does as well. Um. But when you get into it, I said, you're, you're just going to play games through this whole thing about, hey, Hyperion is Superman. 
And there's a lot of stuff involved, like even like almost mentioning his Fortress of Solitude, having a bottled city. Having a character that is Peter Parker, but really playing off Jimmy Olsen, like Jimmy, all these things. Yeah. And the only thing, the only thing I can think is, if you want those things, y- y- you can go get them. They're at DC. Mm. You know, give Just me something right interesting. You know? And if you're going to do la- this, it felt lazy and boring. It did. To and me and what I want to see, and I'm a DC fan as well. I do a DC Comics podcast, but. What I want to see is throw some shade, get get involved yeah. in this, like really no, have know. some he, fun. He like spends so much time trying to like be clever and not necessarily hide it, but kind of point it out in a few panels whenever it's kind of shown. And I'm I was just kind of annoyed. I went, mean, well, if I wanted this, I would have picked up a Justice. That's League what I'm comic, saying. I would have just gone to Justice League, and, and so if you're going to do yeah. that, like I would love it if it was full out shade, right? But even if it's not that. Show that you like like the stuff that is in this issue almost is this like, okay, well, let me hit the Wikipedia about Superman and see some of the big things in, in the Superman, you know, mythos. Okay, I'll just I'll ape those. Instead of doing something clever of, you know, getting showing you know the like almost like, hey, I can't write Superman, but I'm gonna get the essence of him here in a way that's not surface level. Hey, there's Jimmy calling on the, you know, the watch to get Hyperion there. Oh my god, that like that's not enough for me to sustain especially a second issue in an event and and you don't add on to the idea Blade goes to get Cap. I still don't understand why Cap frozen in the ice would make a Reed Richards not the fantastic like where are yeah. the things like well, some of these connections no real hints either as to like is this just a different earth where they it or different it reality seems to just be why, our Earth that was just changed, but how yeah, is it going to change it except like Mephisto no stuff? To figure any of that out, though, no, like except the, that Blade remembers yet, are the people that yeah that remember things. Exactly. Yeah, and but again, where you had that first issue, you have Juggernaut with the Gemma Sidorak, so he is Doctor Juggernaut. How does that come about? Because there was no cap. You know, Cap froze because all this seems to hinge on that. Now you tell me, well, that's because Doctor Doom was allowed to go ran, run rampant without Reed. And why isn't Reed Reed? Why isn't they're not Tony? Even, like, they're, yeah, they're not the Fantastic Four though. So what would be the purpose of that's him what being Doctor Doom? Like that's like, a, yeah, that's all connected. And I what know. is going on it's, with it's, all of these? It's, it's just not different enough. Like that, I thought I was coming into this as kind of like a fresh start. Um, feeling like mashup type world, not even mashup necessarily, just like characters flip flopped and doing different things. And every everybody, my my problem with this after reading two issues is everybody's entirely too much of the same character that they already are. Yeah, before because we come well, into again, this. because I don't think it's like Jason Aaron's playing this idea of instead of being this wacky Elseworlds or Elsewhere, whatever. It's just. Well, Cap didn't come out of the ice, so everybody's gone and done their own thing. He's trying to be more realistic and a crazy deal. And I don't know if it wouldn't have been better served that, hey, what if the Avengers were bad? And we had Tony as like, you know, Iron Death. I don't know, but it's not as exciting. Just this, you're just kind of sitting around like, and I guess the big thing is to, at the end, decide, would the world be better without the Avengers? Would the world be better with the Squadron Supreme? But I, I don't really care because you know what we're going to get after we're done this? We're going to get back to the regular Avengers in the regular world. I mean, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so. I, I was way more interested. This feels too connected to his Avengers book for me. And I was way more interested to co- to come into this 
and just have well, something that's where different I think you were something doing. new. You I know? think they do yeah. you because this is directly out of – he said this story comes directly out of his Avengers Stinks. book. So you were – you I'm holding a grudge here yeah, against you were two specific I, people I, yeah. all because of a Twitter exchange about two years ago at this point. And that would I be, was right. That would be <laughs> Jason Aaron Tom Brevoort. There you go. And and so yes. if you're going to go with that, you get a – and it's so funny. Trash anyway. It's so funny. You end up having this event, uh, Heroes Reborn, that uses the same name from a real shitty event before that nobody liked. Pardon my French. But yeah. the idea was hey, – he- listen. I'm here. I will read a comic book if it's an entertaining comic book. I was in the mood to come in here and read an entertaining comic book, and that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting more of Jason Aaron's Avengers. <laughs> open up the floodgates. We have a non-cursing podcast here. <laughs> I said it once, then you, you dug in. Uh, but yeah, so you, you start out with this, and we'll just go with the deal. It is uh, Heroes Reborn number two, written by Jason Aaron. You have two stories, uh, one with art by Dale uh, Keown, with pencils by Carlos Magno uh, as well, and inks by Scott Hanna, Carlos Magno, colors by Edgar Delgado, then a backup deal, Welcome Home Soldier. With Jason Aaron writing Ed McGinnis pencils, Mark Morales on inks, and Matthew Wilson on colors. And I really like like that first issue. And now we get three artists on two sets. Like things are already getting yeah. a little wonky. <laughs> um but even I here's know. the here's the intro deal. I mean, and this is modern like, day trades when you go back in ten years are just gonna be very annoying to go to go through and read, I think, with all the constantly changing art. And and here and again, I'm gonna say a lot, like, hey, he's trying to get Hyperion is the amalgam of of Superman. That that's what the Squadron Supreme yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, Superman. Um but yeah, make way for Marvel's mightiest megastar. Whenever his adopted homeland is threatened, Mark Melton goes from mild-mannered grade school teacher to a high-flying super sentinel of liberty, Hyperion with atomic powers as strong and unshakable as America itself. And it goes like almost like the classic truth, justice, in the American way, Superman sort of thing. And what I what I think is funny is I keep saying this. Hey, the Squadron Supreme are the Justice League. This is a fact. This is what this whole thing is with it. And yet he thinks he's being clever with it, but it's not. We, we know this, so do something more. But we start off with without the Fantastic Four, Galactus, Silver Surfer come, and Hyperion just runs right through Galactus's head and destroys him. So that's done because, you know, you have to do that because there's no Fantastic Four. But then we, we get into this whole story here, and the big thing that we want is, okay, what is going on with hey, Cap? You know How are we going to get Hyperion's that? Hyperion's a school teacher. Yeah, he's a school they teacher. They remind you about forty-eight times. In he's season. not a reporter. He's a mild-mannered school teacher, and he's grading kids' papers about you know the whole thing about history. And this one girl seems to be like Captain America was the best. He's the true deal. Nice try, girl. C plus. And then he gets called by yeah. Reed, Reed and Ben, who are there working for Shield now in this deal. And they have a problem because they have been using the negative zone as if it's the phantom zone and putting literally the same thing and putting villains into it like they do. And they've escaped. They ended up when they put Doom. Spaceships. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait. Pirate ships they had. Pirate ships they had at one point. They end up where (laughs) they, they had thrown Doom into there. And because of that, it left a, very similar to what Scott Snyder said the dark multiverse was, where you would end up being able to have a thin membrane. It, it almost seemed like he was going even with that, that they were able to escape. I was bad at science. Don't bring yeah, membrane yeah. into well, anything. Yeah, that's the deal. So you have this, and they go and they get attacked by, you know, Gladiator and his Imperial Guard that have been infected by the Brute. That is what that one shot is that me and you almost fell asleep reading. Uh, and he fights them. And, and the thing is, you read that 
that one shot and you see that this should be a lot more personal battle than it is here. Yeah. You just get a one page deal. Then you go and you get Mr. Beyonder, who for all intents and purposes is pretty much Mis- mixoplex. That's all it is. Mixoplex. Yeah. So you have that. All right. But what is this yeah, doing for the sharks. story? What is this doing for the story? Well, flying sharks are cool. Yeah, they, they might be. But yeah, even by <laughs> his tongue around the moon. And, uh, you know, and, and so with all this, Gross. we are already 10 pages in and we have not gotten anything but wink, winks and nudge, nudges. And, and that's fine. Yeah, and that's lore. the thing. That is fine in a one shot. But the Hyperion one shot plays off like an even more boring, you know, freaking Guardians of the Galaxy than now Ewing's writing now. And I don't even want to deal with that. So why not have this part and this fun stuff in that one shot, whatever. But then he gets called to the Daily Bugle where Peter Parker is in trouble. He's not Spider-Man here. He's Jimmy Olsen pretty much. And Hyperion comes and's like, hey there, Peter, what's going on? Mentions the bottled hive of annihilation. You know, like the bottled city of Kendra. I mean, again, nudge, yeah. nudge, wink, wink. And it does. Oh, yeah, why, why does this matter to even say this to a Peter Parker? You're just having characters say stuff to throw out Easter eggs. They're pretty much vomiting Easter eggs throughout this whole deal. And I like that first issue. It was on the Patreon. I just want to let everybody know that's not on there. I gave it an eight out of ten, and I said I could yeah, go I, higher. I would have given it probably an eight too. I, I said I, really I could have even it. gone to eight point five. I was really intrigued by it. I thought it was really neat. I wanted to get the connections. Of okay, that the whole idea of it to me was Cap in the ice made it so the Avengers never formed, but they were formed to get Cap out of the ice. So I was wondering where is this is you know chicken and egg thing, whatever. But you go into this, I'm like, now we're just goofing off. We're, we're just playing around, and I don't think you should do that in a numbered book of the actual event. And again, then yeah. okay, then we have you know. Hank Pym, he's in Ultron. He's big Ultron. He's got the Pym particle. He folded up like a laundry chair. What does it matter? He ends up like, this is, I guess, to show you, oh, look at Hyperion. He's big and bad and all this. Hank but Pym looks like he was a folding table at a Bills game. He was handled he just pretty. Get, he just gets <laughs> destroyed. And then you do have Hyperion go off, fly off, and you see a spider coming down right behind Peter. Which I'm assuming will be Gross. what leads to the Shutterbug, Peter Parker, the amazing Shutterbug, the next, uh, that one shot that came out. Well, we end up finding out, oh no, the Hulk who got out of the negative zone. He was mentioned in that first issue that he did become the Hulk, and then he went off to this. And um, with that, he's there at Hyperion's classroom. And he's telling the kids, he's trying to tell them that things are wrong. It seems like he knows Hyperion's secret identity. Hyperion even mentions it at one point, but he came maybe to get him or to convince him, whatever, but he's the Hulk and he's yelling, but he's talking in bizarro talk. Again, nudge, nudge. I, I mean, he's there. Me am What's not the Hulk. Of, though? That's the I, thing. I just that's think the, he's just, like, that's, that's it doesn't matter. Missing. It's just the Hulk talking like <laughs> bizarro. bizarro. He's just like, me am not Hulk. Me am think things are right me and keep your eyes See, closed i just thought he was stupid hulk i didn't even make that connection yeah, until you said he it says, it makes sense now, and then he but. says at one point my my thoughts are backwards and then he's, hulk and then talks he's okay like that sometimes well anyway. that's the thing he's, is he's that's the problem the hulk is bad enough bizarro talk it gets insane 
you combine those two, holy moly, it's just nothing. And <laughs> Tigerian comes, starts fighting him, and realizes, there, I can't do anything. I'm going to have to kill him. I'm going to have to kill Banner because he's just going to escape again. But he, he definitely knows, you know, he's the other person who knows things are wrong. And is it because things changed the thing and the, and the Hulk knows, but Banner oh, doesn't. Or, uh, but see, I don't know. Because he's a scientist. And I'm why does sure. it not? Well, he was in the negative zone, though. Why? I just think it's one of those split personality type deals or whatnot. But what does it the matter? Joker-ish because he dies. Stuff. He gets killed. He's dead. So, yeah. all right, there we go. You would think. Sometimes We're almost the done the back. issue. Yeah, but he says, I killed him 14 times so that I made sure he was dead. They're pretty much spelling out he's dead, but he is immortal. You know, that deal. But no green door in the negative no, zone. Well, they're sending him back as pieces to the negative zone. So you end up then where he, all of this, he, he kills him. Then back he goes back school. to his class again. He's teaching. He's <laughs> getting upset because they, they must have a sub on call waiting at a desk outside this dude's door because he doesn't finish a full class. And, and ever. I don't understand because every time they're like, "All right, everybody, you know, Milton left. Mr. Milton left. Everybody, you know, get under their desk because we're pretty sure Hyperion's going to come busted in here in about yeah. three seconds, like any time. Half the uh, girls in this class are pregnant because there's no supervision ever. <laughs> That's true. And you have the whole <laughs> idea with uh, Milton. He looks like Matt Damon, too. But he ends up where he goes <laughs> yeah, off. He and because he now he's reading that thing again, the mystery of Steve Rogers, the, the C plus thing. And like then you see Captain America paper. Parker yeah. Luck strikes again on the on that tablet or whatever, where it seems like that's where Peter has been bitten by the spider. But he decides I'm going to go fuel up and I have to figure out what's going on. With Cap, I got to go figure out. Let me get the, you know, the coordinates. We already know that he already got taken out by Blake. Blake dug him out, but he goes and he's like, "Okay, I find a spot that might be it, but there's nobody here. But somebody's been digging for something." I'm like, "You might be, you know, you might want to put two and two together." But he goes off, goes back to class again, and then he sees there's somebody outside listening in on the history lesson, as if this is, but like. The idea that it, it's Steve, it's Captain America, but he doesn't seem to be there to really do anything to Hyperion. He's there just because he wants to hear the history. It just so happens that he picked the one room and school that he can listen in. Hyperion switches up and goes, and he he's like, hey, can I help you? He's like, hey, I'm a vet. I just want to get you know sense of this wacky world. And he goes and he shakes the hand of Hyperion, and Hyperion becomes weak. And he says, like, oh, this hurts. And and again, you could go with one thing saying, well, Steve's pretty strong, right? But he says, why do I suddenly feel so weak around this man? It has to be that the super soldier serum is the kryptonite to Hyperion. There's no other thing I think that it would be. Or he's, but he's not an amalgam of this world. He was in this world. I was going to say, maybe it's the other world. But no, I. it must be the super soldiers. I, I just think that they're going to end up getting... Steve's blood and make some kryptonite nonsense and and take Hyperion down. But again, all this isn't really going to matter, right? It's just going to end up just. But the whole deal is that he walked up. Blade comes flying in and grabs him, but Hyperion doesn't seem to sense anything. Like afterwards, like no. go after him or whatnot. Blade and he uses comes, his vampire king powers. Yeah, yeah, and he get king. Yeah, he comes in <laughs> like he's like the nanny. Right, he like grabs it up. Come on now, Steve. I told you not to run off. He goes and takes him back. 
and says, we got to figure things out. We got to go. What's wrong? And why are you running off? And I Steve said, stopped reading and didn't see this part, to be honest with you at first. I, I did read it. It was almost pulled one of those tricks on me, though. I expected ads, and, and it was the story. Kept cool. well, and because then uh, Blade says, like, why'd you run off? And Steve says, well, I woke up. A vampire was over me. I kind of freaked out, whatnot. Uh, but I want to see what's happening, what's going on. Now, while they're talking, as another wink, wink, you see behind them, Tony Stark's House of Bullets, which seems to be a bar. You do the shots while shooting some shots. All right. We get it. <laughs> we get it. I did, please. And so you end up with, hey, uh, Steve's like, tell me, Blade, show, don't tell me about the Avengers. Show me. We got to get some things done. Let's get some work done here. So you end up now in the background, you still have Thor who got his hammer that first issue. So that's something. But as you go, my biggest thing here is you spend a lot of time with Hyperion pretending he's Superman or reminding you that pretty much he is Superman in the Marvel Universe. You get these villains that are supposed to be the wow moments like last issue where you had Juggernaut, Dr. Uh, Juggernaut as the Dr. Doom amalgam. With Ju- but these weren't as fun. Right. These these weren't as neat. You ended up Fair having if you remember you had a uh, red skull with the venom symbiote black skull. That was cool. Uh, right. This, this wasn't as cool. Bummer, no, the biggest bummer is two of our main like point of view. Good guy characters are Captain America and Blade, who are no different. They're the same exact people that they've always been. You know what I'm well, saying? And that's because just, that's the thing. This is the play of it, though. This is supposed to be our regular world that has changed. So they're never going to be like everybody. The regular guy, like Tony Stark, the only thing that changed, he never became Iron Man. Like, it's a weird deal. This is supposedly our world. Just one thing changed it. So you kind of have the same things. It's not as fun, though. I mean, like Hyperion. No, he's just Hyperion. Uh, you get Darkhawk. He's just Darkhawk. You get these no, amalgam villains, like but I don't Marvel know. Event. I want to. Yeah, I just I I'm not having that much fun in this issue. I think that maybe people who would get a kick out of you know. Hey, there's Mr. Beyonder. Ha ha. He's just like Mr. Like, and again, these things are like, well, Mr. Beyonder is kind of like Mr. Blade. And it's almost like Jason Aaron thinks he's clever. Like, see, see the connection, see what's going on. And again, the way they're playing this out, like, I think like you, I think you coming in, you want like, you want the mashups that we had, the infinity warps. That's what you were, but that's not what this is. It's yeah, weird. a little it's, bit, but I wanted, I wanted it a, kind of like I just expected something totally different, like people in different roles and not necessarily like a mismatch of two-in-one type characters. Yeah, but, it's weird. You know, I know. I, I expected it to be different. But the big thing is, and it's said That's in that first me one. a little bit. But the concept I is just. I did like just, the first issue. Yeah, the concept is what would happen if there were no Avengers. That seems to be the big concept. And then my joke was, yeah. well, that's every Jason Aaron book, right? That's every issue. But uh, <laughs> with, the Aven- with the Avengers just like Did on it. the side, right? <laughs> that, that's the deal. Um, <laughs> but my big thing, like I said, again, it's you're not wrong in wanting more different and thinking it was something yeah. more. But that, this is, yeah, I mean, this is directly me, but, uh, from you know. when Scrooge and Supreme showed up with Coulson in the book. And you had Mephisto there, and they end up, hey, we're going to be better, whatever, and, and that whole thing. Remember when the Avengers were kind of being shamed, and they're like, the Squadron Supreme was here. But since yeah. then, the Squadron Supreme has kind of been yes. hanging a little and doing yeah. nothing. I mean, I haven't and, read in a while. But. Yeah, yeah, but they haven't really. And so yeah. this is the idea. Wanted, I just wanted it so far away from Jason Aaron's concept 
of the Avengers and what he's been doing with the Avengers. And I come in to find the same characters yeah, he's using in thing. the Avengers. That's what he's doing. And, yeah, that's all yeah, this is. Just, he uh, said it. Even like the last up. thing we saw with Squadron Supreme was when Coulson was in uh, the Taskmaster book. And you ended up having that Squadron Supreme comic book. And you had Hyperion show up to fight Taskmaster. Like all those things. Like that's just this. This is just. If there were no Avengers, the Squadron Supreme would take their place. And is it a better world or whatnot? But I think that this issue kind of becomes a mess because yeah, of the yeah. fun of the first issue. This you get questions, but then you, you, you're just getting convoluted nothingness here just to say, look, look, everybody, Superman. He's Superman. Look, everybody's there. And that's the deal. And almost like the idea without the Avengers, Marvel would have a, a crappy justice league team that's what i think the real <laughs> joke is is that without the <laughs> no. avengers you would be stuck with the justice league like but i don't know i you know and at the moment maybe he has a point because bendis writing the justice league so oh you yeah, know what i mean go. now we just Whoa. need a we need a Whoa. naomi uh amalgam here or whatever but by the end of this I, i'm at a 6.5 out of 10 for this one i hope it gets better i hope it gets a uh, fun like it was that first issue and intriguing and in a way that I thought, oh, this is going to be like a smart deal. This is going to be something clever that we could figure this out. We could we could do some things and whatnot. And by the end, it just ends up feeling like, okay, this isn't really thought out very much. And you're just you're just trying to have fun. But I've seen pictures of Jason Aaron. I don't know if I've ever seen the guy smile. I don't know what he, if he knows. <laughs> there was this one thing, and I, I wish I could remember. Thor. I wish I could remember, really. I, I wish I... It was somebody who, it was a video, it was like a YouTube channel that had Jason Aaron on to talk about Heroes Reborn. I even had to comment on the tweet that I said, these two people, it was a host and Jason Aaron, I don't know who looked more miserable. Like, just talk, they looked so <laughs> upset. And I ended up tweeting, I'm like, boy, Jason Aaron looks real happy to, to be talking about this. I mean, he looked like he was about to either cry or strangle somebody, or both. Mm. He looks so miserable. He looked like me at work. And again, the idea, and the idea of calling it Heroes Reborn, and then I read like three interviews about, and he had to, for half the interview, he has to keep telling everybody, it's not connected to that other. Yeah. Why call it that then? Why set yourself up and then have to say it's not that? Mm. It's like Brian Michael Bendis. Come I up think, with that, the I think that I'm going to end up having Superman, uh, you know, give out his identity. I'm going to call it the truth. Uh, we did that two years ago, Brian. Yeah, whatever. We'll do it again. It's just but it's not Avengers that. It's the same, Else but not that. With a twist here. With yeah, with that album. Mephesto yeah, twist. Yeah, that's what it seems. I mean, it, there's yeah. nothing that is showing me that it's not going to be that. And that's what we saw in the run. And and it was a while ago, so maybe it's just like, yeah, people don't remember. I, I don't know. It might be something different, but it just feels like it. Really, what this is in, in the whole deal, fully at, at a, it is. Avengers no more it's house of M but it's house of a house of Avengers boom I snap my fingers no Avengers let's see what the world's like then it's the whole deal even in that and you remember and I know you would Wolverine was oh my healing factor makes me remember things here we have a vampire with a healing factor blade he's just Wolverine in that story here and it's nonsense it it really it it, and I thought it was something a little better but after this issue I I step back and say no I, I don't know the next one's the hinge. You need to come back strong yeah, with the next issue to keep me going because, and then it even says next blur. 
So are we just going to, is the main book just going to go through each character on the Squadron Supreme so that you're like, oh my God, get this. He's like the Flash. I mean, really? Is that what we're going to do? We just see him eating pizza all this year. He's going to be eating pizza. He's going to be there. And at one point, I'll be like, oh no. about some girl named... Yeah, Sissy whatever. Or something instead or, of Iris. I don't want to. I don't want to cause the blur point. It'll be stupid stuff like that. And I'll be, oh God, really? And then it'll be like, I got to go into That's the blur the direction force. We're going down. I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna give this a five point five. I didn't enjoy this issue. I would give the first one an eight. I really yeah, did I, dig I, the first I one. It was it. more my flavor. Here's the thing: because I haven't been real hip on Jason Aaron's adventures, I even made a point to tell people to check it out. I mean, I told you to, you know, we were going to report, yeah. but still, well, but I ended up, up, I man. ended up on the Wednesday when it came out a, lo- a bunch of times. Some people will message me on Twitter, you know, DM me and say, Hey, anything good at Marvel. And, and even some of them aren't even Marvel fans. They're DC people, but they asked me, Hey, anything worth, I said, yeah, read heroes reborn. It's really good. Uh, you know, it surprised me. It's a really neat deal. It's a contained event. It, it's not going to get, so you could, even if you, weren't a marvel fan you could kind of get into this and enjoy it for what it is um especially like i said it's kind of aping some dc stuff so but i i I gotta get a hold of these people then and say hey i didn't i didn't tell you to read two though because i this one's off but yeah so you're even lower than me now we're gonna go off to the next issue because you had two issues with me tonight and the next issue is something we do like and again, the first issue was on the Patreon. Me and you had a lot of problems recording, <laughs> which we yeah, have had. So, Did I get yeah. through that one or no? No. We got to like a quarter through and, and you got disconnected. And it was already we had dad problems and it was late. So this is good that you get to talk to me about this on the regular deal. But it is Spider-Man Spider Shadow number two, part two of five. And it is written by... Chip Sadarsky, who we love, art by Pasquale Ferry, colors Matt Hollinsworth, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And it is, like we said, it's a five-issue miniseries. It seems like it's really going at a fast pace here to last five. We both thought maybe it was three or four because of how things progress here. But during an adventure on the alien world, Spider-Man gained a new black suit and responded to his every thought when he learned it was actually a symbiotic life form that was trying to uh, permanently bond with him. Peter got rid of it. The symbiote then found a new host, Eddie Brock, creating a dark, monstrous new foe for Spider-Man Venom. But what if Spider-Man had kept the suit? Uh, after a fight between Spider-Man and Hobgoblin was on the death of Aunt May, an enraged Spider-Man then brutally killed Hobgoblin, which has now put every villain on high alert. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is no more. And when we did talk about it, and then when I finished up talking about it myself, one of the things that did intrigue me is like what did happen to Eddie Brock. He didn't get the symbiote suit. What happened? Well, we find out at least we see him in this, which I thought was cool. Um, And we get what we were talking about, I believe, before you did get disconnected at one point. We said, you'll know the crap has hit the fan big time when he uses the we. When you get that symbiotic we and he uses it here. Well, especially in front of Mary Jane. Yeah. And also. He goes ham on everybody. I mean, it's almost like by the end of this, you're like, who's left to kill? I mean, really, he's really going. And really, who's left to kill are the heroes. It would seem like he would have to go against them. Um, But you you start off, and I I like it, too. Like, 
it's in like this almost like video <laughs> gamescape deal that is of the mind and he's not yeah, feeling well. Yeah, and you, you get like all this stuff going on where he's like walking, everybody's walking the other way and stuff, but he's he's thinking about what he's done. The hobgoblin well, is trying to make it better. that was all in red Nintendo did? It looks like that. Oh, that virtual was the VR, boy. the Virtual Boy. I ended up playing yeah. Virtual Boy, the Mario Tennis yeah, get throwing you so up. Sick. Well, I ended up playing <laughs> it in the store. I never bought it. I played it in the store and got sick. That was the worst. Mark Letty rented it from Blockbuster. I it think, was tough. One weekend. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a long. A lot of people system. now go back and claim that it's like, oh, it, it was way, a, you know, before its time. Remember, it, it had that crazy like stand, and yet it was so weird yeah, it was that weird. thing. Uh, but yeah, that's what it's like. They're playing Mario, virtual Mario tennis. But yeah, you end up where <laughs> he knows something's wrong. He can feel it, but the symbiote is there to keep telling him it's fine. You know, hey, you know, you're doing it. I, you know, I'm here with you, buddy. All that to keep convincing him. I do like what Chip Zdarsky does here, though, because Jay Jonas on it. Hey, that's Spider Man. I told you guys he's a murderer. Now I knew it. I knew it all along. Hey, I'm the I'm right, right? He's doing the old threats or murder here. Yeah. Uh, but Kingpin is going with the idea, and I love this. The idea. Well, he I can deal with the superheroes. Being a nuisance. With the a reason code, why, yeah. yeah, the reason why we don't all band together to fully eliminate them first, some of us would die. I mean, it's not like it's like, well, we could get rid of them all along, but it would be a hassle. But they don't go through that hassle because they are only a nuisance. And I love the way he explains it. He says, like, I can take a 5% deficit due to Spider Man's interference, but I don't want to die. Like, my death is 100%. Yeah, then I get no I, person. I can't yeah. let that. I can't <laughs> let that happen. That that and this is a Spider Man. Like y- you get that cool deal where Kingpin, bad, right? I mean, he's one of the best villains. He's so bad, but he even has his own little code there. Where as long as I can make the books work right, like I'm not. But now he has to do something, and it's Spider Man that caused it. Spider Man killing Obgoblin. So he's like, that's it. Well, I'm gonna. We're gonna have to kill him. Get everybody on the phone. And it, it really plays off almost like what's going on in Nick Spencer's deal now when Fisk won at Boomerang. He ended up making up this whole deal. So everybody in New York City was after Boomerang. Uh, and it pretty much seems like that's what's going on here. Call everybody, tell them they can get all this. Well, give them that. They just have to put a bounty on, on Spider-Man's head. In the meantime, Peter's pissed at Jonah because it's one it's of those rat. things. And one of yeah. those things, yeah, because like Jonah... And, and Peter with the symbiote deal is basically convinced this, Jonah, this is what you wanted all the time. When I was good, you told everybody I was bad. When I was helping everybody, you said I was a menace. Well, now you got what you wanted. Screw you. I'm a menace now. And he comes to tell him. And, and it's even when Robbie's just trying to convince him, like, don't do this, you know. Yeah, to Jonah, we don't need these. You don't know what's going on. You, this is, you know, the stupid stuff that. And Jay Jonas just, I told you, I'm going to do what I do. I go by my gut. You know, he even says like, "What were if you were around with Kennedy, you'd put somebody killed Kennedy." No, you got to go with your gut feeling and go. And Spider Man, he's off. He shows up and destroys like. He breaks his one hand. I thought he, I, I, I thought he ripped it off. Oh at my one god! Point. It, it's and it's one of those like you would hold like your girlfriend or boyfriend's hand, like you know, in the like where you're high fiving and then make. And he just squeezes it and destroys all those fingers going different ways in between Peters. And then he says, 
that's it. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to do what you always said I was, and you better stop even saying anything about it now, or I'll come and break your other hand. And he leaves. And it's, it's badass. I mean, that's just like, holy crap, there have to be some people there that actually got a thrill of like, finally, we get to see something like this where Jay Jonah's there bleeding on the floor crying because Spider Man just said, screw you, JJJ, Triple J. And then we go, and, and you know that with this, it's Reed who's going to figure you know, it out. He's going to be the one who has to save Spider-Man by the end, you would guess. And we go back to see, because remember that when the first issue, Reed said, I'm going to study the symbiote, you leave it here. And that's where Peter flipped out. There was the divergence in to make it the what if. And, you know, Johnny, Thing, Reed, they're there wondering what's going on, what are we going to do? Spider-Man's, uh, you know, just crazy. And you do end up then having... Uh, what's it called? You end up having Johnny go off to maybe see what's going on, trying to find him, but he can't because he's back at home. I don't know, in some horrific way of sleeping, right? This ends up making me. <laughs> it reminds me. I don't know. He says it's comfortable. It reminds me when people are like, I like my standing desk. I'm like, eh, I kind of like sitting down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can stand at any time. I kind of like sitting down for my desk. Uh, but he's you there. Trying to type standing, it hurts your hands. Screw that. Seriously, <laughs> do they have a laying down desk? Do they? Because I want it. Uh, they should. Yeah, he's there, and he's like, he's got the symbiote goo suspending him above the bed. It's all over. Mary Jane comes in, like, what the hell is going on? And that's where, oh, Mary Jane, Mary Jane. And the thing is, you have to be very. You know, when you're reading this, because you look to see what exactly is the black and white word bubbles that, okay, that's the combo. Then you do end up having Peter still being able to talk, you know, to her without as much control, at least to Mary Jane with this. But he does end up saying we. He, and she oh, yeah. does not like that. The beans that. get yeah. spilled. No, yeah, she does her out not like that. That creeps her out. Like you said, big time. Like, what What, what do you mean, we? Well, but what? No, no. And it, it's it's bad because we know that that means that it is. And, and you end up having. It also makes say, piece, Peter's facial hair grow at an extraordinary Yeah, look at rate. that thing. It's going great. Well, I think that he added <laughs> last. I think that was the play of he just came back from space and he never shaved. <laughs> Uh, because I think he had it last issue, but you end up where Reed even said earlier, he we got to get him out of there. Got to get him out because he's going to permanently bond, and this is not good. He's doing some things. Even with that, he didn't go to May's funeral. All these things going bad. And uh, he goes out. He crashes out. He doesn't want to have anybody tell him what's what. So he goes out. He gets attacked by the Shocker, which is funny, too, because he was in this week's Nick Spencer Spider-Man. I'm like, the Shocker's coming out big this week. Uh, but he's not going to be able to do anything, right? Uh, but the thing is, through this, he's now just killing everybody. I mean, he is yeah. not even messing around. Uh, it's like he doesn't even wait for him to make a, a threatening move. It's just like, yep, your arm's mine, your face is mine, ripping them all off. Now, and I'll tell you, I like it's a weird deal. Like up until the point when Shocker shows up, it's still the same art, whatever. But the cartoony art, because it is a little more cartoony in my mind. When you start having horrific deaths, like the symbiote goo going into Scorpion's mouth, the, yeah. the cartoony thing play, doesn't play off as well for me. I, no, I actually no, no. wanted a more real, like, it looks kind of goofy. Uh, but the badass deal is that he ends up, I mean, he ends up destroying both Shocker and, and Scorpion. We know this because 
he goes to talk to Fisk and just throws their bloodied just arms limbs. and yeah. limbs and just throws them on the floor. And like, hey, you, you, you miss these? And <laughs> throws them down. And Fisk, I guess you can say he's a pretty, I mean, he is a badass, right? I mean, he is. He's huge. He knows he's going to die here. There, there can't be any way that he thinks he's living. He's over, But isn't it too quick? For the idea where he's like, ooh, this nuisance, I'm going to do this, right? The deal to just have Peter come and look like he, I mean, I see maybe teeth, a nose, an ear. I mean, I think he hey, just he destroyed like his a, whole head. Yeah, 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 I know. I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, he just punched through things there, and there are guts and limb. Uh, it's all just flying out, and it looks like, you know, completely dead. And they even say the whole deal, you know, fist sent him, they're all dead, we're next, because you go to... You know, the Sinister Six deal And you have Mysterio, Craven, you know, Doc Ock All these, you know, normal deals Electro, Rhino And they are all going to They're desperate now It's one of those And it almost feels like this is like one of those things Because now Spidey, he's a full-out villain, right? I mean, he is enemy number one You're expecting the Avengers And everybody, dare to all come But what this reminds me of Is one of, like a mobster movie Almost like a uh, Goodfellas The big score has been had Now the guy's going and knocking off Everybody else down the line So that they don't have to share the money or whatnot. Because when you have them there Talking about the, the six Like hey uh, you know we gotta do something it, It's almost like they're the, the gang That they, they know they're gonna be dead soon And they're trying to figure it out They, they rely on Craven. Craven's the guy who comes up with the good plans Will do this yeah. While Doc Ock is just planning on, and, and the other thing is Jay Jonah, he's part of this as well. He's yeah, like one he of the new him. members. Yeah, he's yeah, there yeah. with them. And the, this is now the crew because Jay Jonah, not because, oh my God, he's a menace. And I, no, now he's afraid he's going to get killed. And so, yeah, they're all there. And there's Doc Ock. He's like, okay, Craven, you come up with a plan. We'll do that. I'm going to go talk to my guys, you know, my little minions here, whatever. And pretty much you, you find out. Yeah, he, he's now now we go double duty with the, the mob deal, because after this is done, we'll kill Spider-Man and then he's going to kill all these other people because he doesn't want them around either. So Doc Ock has taken this as a big power play and he's talking to one of his minions who's like not listening and then just comes and just comes behind and stab. I mean, li- literally stabs him in the back. Yeah. But it because it's Eddie Brock, he's undercover. And I'm like, OK. I don't know what's going on here with Eddie, but I'm either. excited. But this is this is the thing. This is very similar to me with the, the Heroes Reborn, what we just said. It's a what if, right? And we're going through, and at the end, I don't know what Eddie's doing, but you have to start to think about, okay, what is the connection? Like the idea, Steve's in the ice, no Avengers, but what would be this connection of no symbiote deal? What has Eddie been doing now? And does Eddie maybe know something's wrong? Maybe there's something with the, you know, and I'm intrigued by it. And I think that Chip Zdarsky is better suited with his writing abilities to show us this next issue. So I'm really excited about it because I think that this is really good. And it's a really fun what if. What if right in the cover? I love that new what if deal, uh, that symbol on the cover. And I also love the idea of having, and we talked about this, if, if you're not on the Patreon and and plus me and your thing didn't work out but you said it on that for the first issue usually what ifs just 
are okay we have the same thing big swerve to the left to have the next and but then it has to be resolved and you don't have enough room in one issue a lot of times to to do so having five issues that's pretty cool and you know we'll go from here but boy that it escalated very yeah, quickly, you know what I mean. I think with, this suit's going to transfer over to Eddie at some point, and Peter's. No, I gonna think that's how it'll end. It'll, it'll end with senses, it, but yeah. I think Reed's going to have to do something with it because he's still researching it. He's the one with the info, and I would expect, obviously, you know, you're going to have some of these other characters here, big Spider-Man villains and whatnot. But we we haven't seen, you know, every big Spider-Man deal, so we'll see how this goes, what happens, and Mary Jane. Uh, especially with May dead, uh, Mary Jane would be the only thing that that could possibly, in my mind, stop Peter from really. I mean, he's already gone overboard, but it, it has he. He's just kind of killing villains. I mean, they are bad, but it's not Spider Man. So I think that she's like the last hope of his humanity while they try to figure out how to get the symbiote deal. You have Johnny too. I expect Johnny to get completely killed. Because that would mean something big as well, you know, his buddy Johnny coming to find him and and maybe getting killed, and and you can play with whatever you want. That's the fun of you know the whole what ifs. You can you can do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. So you know, go big. And this is going big pretty quick. So I, I'm into it. I'm actually at a nine out of ten uh, for this issue. I, I really enjoyed it. What would you give it? I'll give this one an eight. I I don't know what I gave the first one, and I, I don't thought know that if we it's both were giving it an eight. I thought that we were yeah. talking about it. And we thought, and I think that's what I gave, and I think that I asked you because remember when it didn't work, I asked you what you would have given it, and I think you said eight. I think we were both at an eight uh, because yeah, we were kind of like I, I like it. In. I like it enough. I'm interested to see where it goes. I think it it took a sudden turn on me that. Maybe now the third time I'm going through the book, I I kind of just like the difference uh, and the the suddenness of it a little more more than that it, it shocked me initially. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm interested in the story. I think it's cool. I like the the you know what if Spider Man t- tale being told here, and it's not just like a pure Spider Man. You know, it's he he's got a little dark side to him, and I'm digging that. So yeah, it's cool. I like it as well, but. That is that. That is it for the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining me, Brandon. Thank Clay from before. And everybody, if you want to go and follow us on Twitter, it's WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back 100%. That is our creed and motto. Also, go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get this week's you know, to spotlight the Marvel spotlight, the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, they ended up picking the Hyperion and the Peter Parker Heroes Reborn issues. So that is where you can find those and many, many other things. So thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you later. Later.